if I'm a rec league soccer player and there isn't coaches, so everyone's just calling out subs and, hey, I need one, whatever. If someone pulls me off, I'm pissed. Mm. I'm royally pissed. <laughs> so that's just the flip side to your guys' argument. Just in, just in case you wanted the devil's advocate point of view. That's why Americans don't play on these teams. Because if they had to be taken <laughs> off the field, they'd be indignant. They'd be Keppas all around. Hockey subs are the way to do it in rec league. Just whole line. Yeah, shifts. Whole line, shifts. Get shifts yep. going. You partner up with someone and you just do 45, 60 second runs. You say, all right, when it's this, when the ball goes out, you're in. I'm sprinting off. You're on. It, it actually works great. For all listeners who are in men's leagues or co-ed teams, Try it out. Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. Going to be talking soccer, life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod, F O O T Y Fellas Pod. This past week was the Europa League final, and an hour ago, not even, was the Champions League final. So that's right. We're recording on a Saturday afternoon this weekend, if you're doing the quick math at home. And Icy had the most exciting. Champions League viewing experience out of all of us. I will say objectively, we don't, we don't know that for sure, but we're about to hear how it went live. First time we'll react. This is a footy fellows reacts to Icy's Champions League viewing experience. It was awesome. We went to Brit's pub in downtown Minneapolis. It is the the place to watch soccer in in the city. Very very well known, clearly. Big crowds, lots of people. It was packed. Um, thank goodness I went there to watch this game. Um, thank you, Adam. Big fan, big Foff, and his girlfriend, Helen. <laughs> Foff as well for dragging Adam to Minnesota. I have to say, if I did not go to this pub with that atmosphere and some pretty wild Chelsea fans, there were a handful of City fans, but definitely mostly Chelsea for Pulisic. Uh, that game would have quickly been forgotten in my mind. Very lackluster final for Champions League. Um, could have done without it, uh, to be honest. Uh, fun to have Adam there. Fun to have the fans cheering when uh, some action was was happening. But overall, 1-0, disappointing. Thought City would come to play. Pep in over his head with the strategy yet again. Um playing players and positionings where they shouldn't starting players who shouldn't start KDB had a unfortunate injury had to come out um overall lackluster experience eight out of ten for sure at the Brits pub so okay to confirm the 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 pub was an eight out of ten the game was a what two out of ten if even a terrible game I I didn't want to see Chelsea win I, I wasn't here for it I wanted City to actually score goals like they did all season. Don't know what Pep was doing. Disappointed all around from City. Um, saw some sparks from Phil Foden. Maybe that was it. Sinchenko played all right. Eh. Eh. Chelsea didn't. Eh. Chelsea wasn't any, you know, nothing. Conte was MVP. My God, that guy was so good. <laughs> he doesn't play flashy soccer. 
He plays defensive soccer. He just pokes the other people's feet. Yeah, you're you're he's a master at that. It's not beautiful soccer. He just does the dirty work. He's fantastic. When he's the MVP of the game, yeah, the game is okay. What a take. What a, I love is that, that. A hot take, Jones. I, I think it's, take? it's I think it's such a perfectly nuanced, like the the right amount of I think it encapsulates how people look at this game because I was thinking to myself, you know, it was a pretty solid game. Um um relative to like what was that, the Liverpool uh Tottenham final where Liverpool scored a PK in the first ten minutes and then it was kind of like game over for the rest of the game. Whereas this one because one was an open game for that first half. Both teams were attacking. Both teams were getting these low crosses in. There were these like half chances that were starting to be created. Um, and because of that, I, I was, I was pretty into it. I thought that was entertaining. Um, um, I also am coming from the perspective and, and Max, you're not saying this, but, but I think it's an interesting point. If you came to watch this game and we're here to watch city, like win it, versus you were here to watch a game that you're kind of hoping city loses. Like it's either, or, you know, that, that game feels a little differently. Um, to me, I was entertained because the team, the underdog won, And that meant that there was something on the line the entire time. It wasn't game over immediately. No, it won't go down as a memorable to your point. I see. No, I'll probably forget this game in the grand scheme of things. It'll be known as the, I don't even know what we're going to talk about Conte. Like in a couple of years from now, like how are we going to reference this game? Is it the Conte game? Is it the, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that right now. But for me, I would, I would give the game um, in the moment right now. I felt pretty satisfied. I felt it wasn't too controversial. I thought maybe it was the good ref game. I thought the ref was incredible. We can talk about that, but I'd, I'd give it a, I'd give it a 7.2 out of 10 kind of game, a decent score on IMBD. That's a great score on IMBD. Or is that the toughest grading movie site? Or am I thinking of Rotten Tomatoes? You can go either way. I think, well, IMBD, if you want like a good, I'd say like 8.2 is like, a, that's like a good, that's like Matrix Lord of the Rings level kind of stuff. So 7.2 is like hit or miss. Like it could, it could be pretty good. It's probably good. It's probably good. But if it doesn't scratch your itch, it could be something that you don't care for. If that If that's 8.2, Lord of the Rings... Uh, Matrix. What's nine? What's nine point five? That's the thing. I don't know. Here, do we I'm, need to look I'm, it up? Yeah, I'm digging myself a hole. So I'm... I'd probably rate the game seven point something ish, which technically means that Icy has the highest combined rating because his two out of ten score plus the eight out of ten pub experience. This is a perfect game for him. This is a ten out of ten. That's how fractions work, Fofs. <laughs> okay, the Matrix is an eight point seven, for example. So no, I mean, Lord of the Rings is really good. Keep going. Keep I going. did see, I saw a video, I think it was a TikTok video, of course, the place that people learn everything they need to learn these days. Do you need school? Do you need elementary school, middle school, high school, even a secondary school if you're abroad, college, post-grad, doctorates? Do we need any of that these days with TikTok? Probably not. Probably not. Is that too hot of a take? For what? For what? Just for schooling, education, the system. <laughs> What are we talking about? My point is I saw a TikTok <laughs> video recently on a sneaky good way oh, okay, to add fractions or, or <laughs> fractions being multiplied and how to like kind of cheat code it like a life hack, a fraction life hack. Nice. And it just made me think, do we even need school anymore? Mm-hmm. Elementary school, middle school, high school, college, secondary school, if you're mm-hmm. abroad, mm-hmm. 
college. I already said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, doctorates. Yep. Baccalaureates. When, when you've got when you've got TikTok is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, access. To, I will say I like this random tangent we're on, but I'm riding it. So the saw some someone tweeted this morning. It was like a it's a, an official scientist like like their their account. Uh, it, they're a little. It's kind of like a Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of person who's you know. Um, into into the into the social media realm and is likes to translate complex stuff and uh they had tweeted like i'm not sure what i just witnessed on tiktok but i'm pretty sure someone just made a scientific discovery and so i had to forward this like <laughs> i had to take this tiktok url and f- append it to an email to forward to a colleague because i needed to ask if this is like a, like a legitimate thing they broke some barrier right they like, like did something. something and I, I, I didn't i should have looked in the in the comments if they added anyway yes i think tiktok you can learn stuff and so tiktok like this podcast you can make a claim about a game and give it an official rating eli what was your rating you you, you bumped it you you added it together and got a 10 out of 10 that was icy's rating. that was icy's okay i see i see what was what was yours eli what's your rating on the game Seven point something ish, probably higher than seven point two, between okay. seven point two and eight. Why? I thought Chelsea outplayed. Like the tactics, of course, are interesting. We can get into some of the other main storylines. I'll, I'll come back to my rating at the end. I see. I'm curious what the live reaction was to Rudiger's challenge on De Bruyne. Yeah, that was it. It didn't draw a lot of ire. Ear. From Ire. the crowd, Ire. Um big Chelsea contingent, huge. I, I, I guess you know Pulisic holds sway. He's Captain America, so should have expected it. Um, but no, um, not too much drama live. I thought it. I thought it was sort of a, just sort of an in-game play. I don't think there was anything. Um, what's the word? I don't think Rudiger was kind of going after KDB. I thought you know KDB kind of turned into Rudiger. It was sort of a. Soccer play, I guess, as I would describe it. I don't know. Uh, unfortunate for KDB, I think he, I, I think he hit Rudiger kind of in the sweet spot, right on the head, below his eye, um, more or less. He got a big black eye. Seemed kind of out of it, like maybe concussed protocol stuff. Just unfortunate blow. Um, overall, I don't think there was anything malicious. It was interesting seeing the replay afterwards, and then again after the game, and seeing it in real time. It it did it didn't look malicious, but it looked pretty vicious. Cool rhyming words there. And why I say that is just it was more of a, it was a shoulder to the face. Basically, he knew he wasn't letting him by. Maybe he didn't mean to hit him in the face, but he definitely left his shoulder out there, stuck his shoulder out there, Rudiger that is. And it did look like concussion, which you mentioned that his eye was you know big black eye. He got nailed. But it was also cool that they had Roberto Martinez, the Belgium national team manager, who is expecting De Bruyne in his squad for Euros coming up. He's one of the the hosts on CBS speaking to that that play after the game. And he kind of said the right things of like, wow, player first, his safety is what's important. He thought it was malicious. He thought it deserved a red card because of how much he left the shoulder out there, Rudiger. And for him, it must also be kind of like, wow, that would suck if because of this, he's out for part of Euros if it's a really bad concussion. But he, he stuck to the script in terms of what the injury in today's game meant. They hadn't scored yet, right? It was still it was still 0-0, and then De Bruyne came off, or they had scored? I think it was the second half, if I'm not mistaken. I think City was going left to right at that point. 
So Oh, you're right, because Chelsea scored in like the 41st. Right. So it was well after that, totally. So it didn't necessarily change the course of the game, but definitely City would have had a better shot at getting back into it if De Bruyne was on the pitch. Speaking of other guys who just weren't on the pitch, uh, I, can, can we talk about the City team and, and what, what kind of happened with them? Um, you, you're looking at that lineup. So the 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 overarching narrative for Pep and, and big games for the past decade, since he's last won a Champions uh, League uh, medal, was um, is that he always just changes his tactics at the last the last second. He always flips the script. He puts in a lineup that he hasn't played at all um, the entire year. And um, and I thought I forgot who it was in the studio. And CBS was saying it was the same kind of situation for you for United as it was for for City in uh, in this final where. In the Europa League, uh, Ole put out like all of his attackers, and then when things weren't going according according to plan, it was much harder to adjust your team. It's much harder to kind of um, continue to be offensive or be more offensive when you already have your most offensive lineup out there. It's hard to improve things, um, and then um, uh, and then then when you do have someone like De Bruyne leave the team, you know, that's kind of a, that's, that's their talisman. That is the, the, their dude, their, their crown jewel. Um, it really did feel like once he left the field that Chelsea then were re-energized that much more and their siege mentality of let's stick in. Um, we can, we can take these guys down became all that more, um, weighty, um, is, is city like going to win anything? Like, are they destined to lose? It's funny how, the, no team has ever, in their first Champions League appearance, won a won a title, and that that that's since like Dortmund back in whatever nineties or something. Um, is City is City now like? Does this mean that City next year are probably going to win it? Like, will they be back? Is this it? I hope so. It'd be nice if City stopped. <laughs> I mean, with with Pep in the starting lineup, I. I don't know why Fernandinho wasn't starting. He's so good, consistent. I thought that he had Gundogan and Foden. The fact that Sterling, Walker were on there threw me off. Walker, I think he he usually plays more of these, um, or he starts in non-prem games, is what I've noticed. He didn't start a lot of prem games, which was interesting to me at first, but then I thought, oh, Pep's just saving him for these international games. But I don't think Walker was the right choice. I mean, I know he's kind of a stalwart on that team, but he he was a bit, his ego's too big. I thought he made some mistakes. Um, Sterling got locked down by Reese James. Didn't do anything. Um, Gundogan was in a weird spot. When they put Phil Foden up at forward, and they finally released KDB. KDB was getting some touches, which was good, but Foden was out of his element. I mean, he's just putting these players in in places where they're not used to set up, kind of setting them up for for failure. And I really didn't like to see that. Even even though Foden, I think they switched Foden in the second half, and he was looking looking a little bit better and getting some good touches. But yeah, overall, just odd from Pep. Sterling, Reese James, great battle, and two England national teammates who've been assigned to the 33-man roster. James might not make it. Sterling very much will. Uh, but that would be a fun training camp for James, who just took home the Champions League final, I'm sure, to rub it in and, and poke fun at Sterling once they get there for Euros. 
So on the flip side of things, um, Chelsea had some outstanding performances out there. Reese James is one of them. Being able to mostly shut down Raheem Sterling is a feat only thought uh, doable uh, for one player in the world. <laughs> one guy. One guy. <laughs> one immortal. What's his Not number? What's his <laughs> number? <laughs> no, numero 29. The spider. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. <laughs> um, I don't know what that was. So, yeah, thanks for the, I couldn't do that with my boys. Um, uh, Chilwell also, I thought had an outstanding, outstanding game. I thought he was getting picked on the most of anything. I thought that was you, you, you similar to like Revis Island. You had Mares Island where they, he kind of floats out there and you just don't know if he's going to drift in or out. And I thought Chilwell was tough on him. I thought Chilwell was tough on Walker. I thought if there's any guy that I hate watching my team have to f- go up against because he's just that fast and like that dynamic, it's it's Wa- Kyle Walker when he gets into those long kind of sprints and he's just bullying. He's like a tough kind of uh, like a like a like a pit bull kind of built dude. And you know, I thought Chilwell just played it perfectly. Did a really really solid job. Obviously, Conte. Yeah, Conte will come back to, okay. but Mount and Havertz connecting the two young studs. I mean, Pulisic came in, did well, created one or two dangerous chances, but he came off the bench. Mount and Havertz connecting for that first goal. Just beautiful vision from Mount out of the midfield. And and Werner's run. You got to give Werner some credit. He didn't. He had a couple of chances, especially that first chance like 10, 15 minutes in when it was laid across and he kind of got crossed up a bit on his left. And I thought that would he would get destroyed if they lost. He didn't even get that on goal. You know, he didn't take a couple of other chances. He half chances. He had a go at, but didn't do much. I'll give him credit on the, these runs off the ball. He was opening up a lot of space. So even though he didn't finish, he's a gamer and you can argue what you want about his season at Chelsea, but Chelsea as a squad with him playing have now made champions league and won made champions league for next season, winning the top four, but then regardless ended up winning the champions league final Werner did fine. Mount and Havertz just showing out. Talented, talented young team. I think Mount is um, continuing to prove, like you're waiting for Mount to just flatline. You're waiting for him to come back down. Um, and he's still, he's just class. He's, he's, he seems to be permanent. Um, just a very, very talented, effective player. He'll make, he'll change a game. Um, and Havertz has just been slowly building up his confidence over the year to the point where, you know, he's missed a couple of one-on-ones. He's, he's had some issues earlier this year and suddenly he's the one who puts in the game winner in the champions league final. You got to be excited as a Chelsea fan to see those things come together. Their defense and their midfield feels criminally underrated. Just how many strong tackles they're putting in, how cohesive of a unit they are and what they showed against such a quality attacking side in city. And at the heart of that, the name that you've both mentioned each now separately Conte, Golo Conte. Question for you two: Is he right now, regardless of position, is he a top five player in the world? What do you think? I think you know. First, most people jump; their mind jumps to the goal scorers. If it's if we're playing pickup soccer and I have the the world's best out there, he's got to be top five. He, he's unreal. I mean, the way that. It kind of seemed like the strategy of Chelsea with five in the back was stall the city player so that Conte can get back and just poke it out. <laughs> he's a one-man wrecking crew. I, I agree with you, I see. I think he's 
he's top five. What do you think, Jones? I, I, it's hard to, and the, the thing with, with Conte is he's been like this good for the past, I don't know, four years. Like he's really been just this top notch player who's been playing in a Chelsea squad that like didn't maybe make sense for him. And now he's with, with oddly enough with, with Jorginho sitting next to him, Conte just kind of has this freedom to, to go back and do his defensive thing or like he did against Real Madrid in a crucial goal that they got to ensure that they made it to the finals. He won a ball and then attacked and it was like a two on three and he set up the, 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 the chance. Um, of course, top five, like after this top five, hundred percent. Um, he, uh, he's, he's a little, he's like OP. He's almost too good. In I some think ways. you'd rather have him on your team right now than Messi or Ronaldo. It might sound crazy, and from a commercial perspective, from a team perspective, you take one of those big names, price tag aside. But if you want to win games, you want to win Champions League, you'd rather have Conte for sure. Yeah. I mean, a team, you, you look at all of the big teams who've, who've, ever, who've ever just, if you've won anything of substance, it comes from having a great spine. Um, you can have your flukes here and there, but primarily you're going to have a great spine, and that's either an unbelievable center back, an unbelievable center mid, or an unbelievable forward, usually all of them together. Um, and having having Conte in there, I mean, he'll make any team any team tick. Um, the thing with this Chelsea squad, which which I, I'll, I'll, I'll also note, um, it's exciting to be a Chelsea fan. You have a lot of young players. You have the Mounts and the Havertz uh, of the world. Pulisic. I mean, there's there's young players. Christensen's young, Gurr. Um, you got Reese James and Chilwell. Uh, but but I do think once Conte's done, which I don't know, you can argue that's not going to happen anytime soon. He looks like he's gonna he's ageless. But I think he's post thirty. I think the guy is on his on you know in his final kind of seasons. Um, and so I, I do think once he's gone, this this Chelsea team is going to have a massive hole to fill. They have young Billy Gilmore in the waiting in the wings, but I, I don't think you can replace Conte. I think that's <laughs> just a small man, but his shoes are still too big to fill. I heard Billy Gilmore has been watching a lot of TikTok, though a lot of TikTok videos. So I feel pretty confident in his ability, <laughs> at least in his understanding of the game. Of course, post game post game matches when they all get in the in the team room and they're watching film. It's just TikTok. It's just it's TikTok film videos. Is. Yeah. <laughs> and they just flick up and down and they hope that it's like opposing team footage and stuff. Usually it's not. Usually it's team dances, team goal celebrations. Yeah. I was just curious looking at, cause he's such, I mean, we just said arguably top five player out there right now and huge hole for Chelsea. First lap that came into my mind, he's French. Why isn't he playing in league Un for PSG? Cause he's, just an amazing world-class player. Look at his contract. So he signed with Chelsea until 2023. I uh, did a quick look at uh, highest paid contracts in EPL. He is ranked 30th, 3-0 amongst EPL players, uh, falling behind Azpilicueta, Pulisic, Bernard Silva, Bernard Silva, Harry Maguire, you know, Ben Chilwell. And I... Uh, some of these guys, fine. Yeah, he, so he makes seven point five million. Nothing to laugh at. Nothing to sneeze at. That's cheese. He's an amazing player. I feel like um, he's uh, a little bit of uh, Scotty Pippen esque from the Bulls. 
not getting his fair share of that cheese. <laughs> but, you know, Conte is a great player, obviously. He's also just a great person. He's humble. Doesn't have a huge ego. Soft-spoken. Everyone loves him. I'm not seeing him in the contract talks arguing, you know, like really adamantly. I'm sure he's got people doing it for him. They should argue a little harder. He's, he, he's too damn good. 7.5 is nothing to laugh at. It, it, that, I mean, that's amazing money, but just saying. If he's looking, maybe, if he's looking for an agent, you're ready. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm fighting for N'Golo Conte every day. <laughs> he's a humble dude. He's just a humble dude. Last, last two people to mention on the Chelsea side from the manager perspective. You have Lampard, who you got to feel for a little bit. He did, it, he did his job. He did okay. Chelsea were doing fine. But he helped them, led them out of the group stage in the Champions League, which, again, is important. They don't win it without making it out of the group stage, obviously. They struggled. They were struggling a bit in the Premier League. And they bring in Thomas Tuchel, who couldn't get it done with PSG, arguably the bigger name side, the bigger names in Neymar and Mbappe. And... Now he wins it with Chelsea in his first year coming in halfway through the season. I mean, were there, there must've been like half the crowd at your, your live viewing. I see had like two gold jerseys on maybe some people even had the dad cut if they were there with their two daughters. Like he has, (laughs) Uh, you know, no two gold jersey sightings, but people were stoked to see him win and cheering for him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff that what he did. His passion, he was like riling up the crowd. He kind of had that clop, you know, when you're winning in the 80-somethingth minute and someone makes a good defensive play or hustle play and he's just getting the people going. It's also having fans there, period, seemed pretty invigorating for the players, which is nice to see. Just good to see. All right, we're going to jump to a very quick sponsor read. Thank our sponsors, as always, who make this possible And then we're going to talk Europa League final because that was also very big and happened a bit earlier this past week. Today's sponsor is Roasted and Salted Sunflower Seeds from Trader Joe's. This is Eli. I got some this past week. I'm about to open them up. And I'm just going to munch on a few for you. This gets you in the mood. It's a bit of Sunflower Seed ASM Seed. Oh, that's good. They're just really good. Thanks, Roasted and Salted Sunflower Seeds from Trader Joe's. It's just high quality. It's high quality seeds, you know? Oh, this fair trade, though? Fair trade? Well, it depends. What are you offering? Uh, I've got some blood diamonds I could probably offer. So then I guess, no, they're not fair trade in that instance. Because, well, it's how many diamonds do you want? We can make it. I need a lot. Okay. These seeds, I don't know if you heard how good they were. One sec. Mm, Man. It kind of sounds like, um, you know, Walmart's now selling salted, salty water bottle caps um, as like a little snack. And it's, it's, it sounds like you're eating salty water bottle caps. I can assure you they're more delicious than whatever that is. You're talking about like literal water bottle cap? Yep. Well, you People guys, like to chew on those. You have yet to try uh, beer can tin. Uh, I don't know what you call this. <laughs> yeah, what's that called? 
Let me just let me rip that off. Yeah, the the top of the can or right. soda can, whoever's listening, right. you know. But the the part you rip, either you rip off on purpose because it's fun to flick back and forth, or it comes off in your drink, and then you're worried you might eat it, and it might like cut open your throat and die. Yeah, that part. Right. That part. <laughs> that part. Lamp part. Yeah, the sunflower seeds are good for real though. They have just paid us in sunflower seeds, not in thousands of dollars, thousands of seeds. And you don't need to crack open the shell, all that extra work you normally need to do with sunflower seeds, with sunflower. Wait, sunflower seeds are the full sunflower. And these, these are also just called sunflower seeds. What? All right. They didn't, they didn't tell us about this. This is a, this is something that's going to confuse folks. I think, let me just look this up. Yeah, sunflower seeds is the full shelled thing. But then these are called the same thing and they're just the seeds. It doesn't say like shellless or... <laughs> no, it just says roasted and salted sunflower seeds. You can tell from the package because it's, it's clear. Right. If it wasn't, people would be frustrated. Good points. Definitely worth your time. <laughs> uh, anyways, Europa League final. Manchester United, Villa Real. And Villarreal take home the dub. After extra time, it goes to penalties. 11-10 to 10 penalty shootout. Jones, how are you feeling watching that tense, tense, and long penalty shootout? It was, uh, it was exhausting. It was, it was painful. It felt um, very uncertain. It felt like there was no way United was going to win it. It just didn't seem the right, the right scenario. Knowing David De Gea's save record, like I didn't even look at, I didn't need see stats. I just knew like he doesn't save PKs. That's not what his thing is. Um, and then after after the game, it was revealed that like Dean Henderson has like a absurdly high, like a like close to forty like save percentage, it was like thirty something. And then De Gea's is like twelve or whatever, and. Um, granted it's smaller sample size, I think for Henderson's the younger guy, but nonetheless, like not only, not only does De Gea not save any of them and all of the Real kicks were like pretty good. Like there were some very good ones and there were some okay ones, but finally my confidence started to tick back up when it was like, okay, we're down to the final goalie. So that means it's going to go to the top of the order again. It's going to be the top five players from United shooting. That makes me feel much more confident than the top five from Villarreal. It means I don't need to worry about Fred kicking anymore or uh, Lindelof or Twanzebe. Like it meant that we'd have proper guys shooting. Okay. I felt like in five more that Villarreal would mess up, but lo and behold, De Gea squibs a little thing to the side. Not only does he not save anything, but then he's also the one that ruins it. Like just bad ending kind of felt it coming. My, my end take on, on the whole thing. Ole doesn't make a sub until overtime. Um, you know, he's, he just puts out in a very offensive lineup that doesn't really get the job done. And so similar to what you saw with Pep, you know, you couldn't really change the team to help win anything in game in, in, in regular time. Um, you know, and at the end of this, that's the last game for United and their season, their grade for the season is like a, it's like a, probably a B plus. Maybe that's a little harsh, but or maybe it's not harsh enough, but they, they have so much talent. Yes, they should be at least second in the league, but um, given injuries, but they should win a title, especially like like that one. So disappointing. That's my that's my old spiel. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel for you. I mean, I didn't watch a terrible, terribly too much of that game during the the work day, but it was man, you played well. The bits I saw, which is from the 75th minute on, man, you looked dominant. They looked like they were quick, um, quicker on the ball, better decision making than Villarreal. I thought, okay, they got this in the bag. Um, you know, get a quick one in before the game, before the whistle blows um, situation. Yeah, really unfortunate with the PK shootout stuff. I think fun for um, a fan who really maybe it might not have any skin in the game. You know, brutal, I imagine, for you, Jones. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the De Gea stats were shocking when I saw that. I did hear rumors, mostly from Adam, who I was hanging out with today, that De Gea will be departing from United. Henderson will be taking his role. Uh, I don't know if they're rumors or if that's that's fact, but interesting. His, his whole take on that was, um, you know, De Gea kind of missed on purpose, which is very cynical. Adam trying to just stir the pot. But uh, he was kind of floating that, you know, De Gea is leaving, so <laughs> he's going to... You know, that like like that had something to do with the the PK. Yeah, I call I call foul on that. Yeah, no, he's there. There are rumors of him him bouncing. I think the the insiders that I listened to were saying um, that they don't. In order for De Gea to leave, someone has to eat his contract, and no one wants to eat the highest paid goalkeeper in the world's contract. Um, um, so they're. They think if if he does go anywhere, it's got to be somewhere where they're willing to pay at least half for the contract. And, you know, where would that be? And why would they want that? PSG would make sense. But they have Kaylor Navas, who's liked. Doesn't matter. You can go down this rabbit hole. But what they were thinking was that it's very likely United's going to kick this down the road another season, just like their center forward situation where they have Cavani, who's clearly great, but um, he's not a long-term solve. So, yeah, I don't know. It's whatever. Chelsea, like City, like... As a United fan, not happy. Not happy. Not happy. What about Cavani? Does that give you any silver lining? He scores in the final. He scored a couple big Europa League goals specifically and was good for them this year, even as an older player who they brought in to score goals and be that steadying force up top and then re-signs just for one year, two years? Just one, for one year. One year, yep. yeah. Do you feel good at least with Cavani coming back next year? Well, yes. I, the The tricky part with United and where they're situated, you know, uh, Greenwood is supposed to be the next center forward for for United. He's supposed when he grow. I mean, he, the kid is like nineteen. You know, he started. I thought towards the end of the season started to actually show up a little bit. Um, but he's supposed to be our, our center forward option. Um, and so the question is, if you go in for a guy like a Holland or a, you know any other type of bigger player. Um, that's going to cut out Greenwood from that, from that growing. Um, so yeah, you know, Cavani, Cavani was great and he shows up and he's doing things that you need the team to do, but he can't do it by himself. You know, um, um, Fernandez can't do it by himself. Um, Ole's got to help him. Ole's got to make some changes. And, uh, I think the biggest change that United could have going into next year, which no one needs to care about is that uh ole ole needs to go um yeah. you're saying it should wow. be, it should be gole gole go go away ole <laughs> 
wow. think he's he's clearly like he he can keep us somewhat on course. But what I've been saying for the past year and a half is he is doing what the what this team should be doing with the level of talent that they have. They should be this decent if they're not decimated by injuries like Liverpool was. They should be making it to the freaking Europa League final. Like, come on. Of course they should be. Um, and they should be winning things. Um, and I think the keenest insight into a team that is clearly not being managed well is when you don't make a freaking sub. When you have when you have players on your bench who are better than the starters on the Villarreal bench who are sitting and just not playing. Villarreal made like four subs, I don't, three maybe. I don't know how you were allowed, but they had maxed out their subs early. Like, and they needed to, rightfully so. But uh, see, I could go forever on this. Point is, <laughs> next year could be exciting. Either United need to make some, you know, more additions to their team, spend more money, blah, 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 or Ole leaves. Preferably both. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the take. We don't have to spend much time on it. Your take on substitutes, uh, very infuriating when when coaches don't make subs because it's just part of their strategy, which is stupid. To you know, uh, the loons MLS the loons team, our coach is very much like they won't sub before the 60th minute because it's just an arbitrary rule he get he made him for himself, which makes no sense. What are you doing? Why do you Pep Guardiola, arguably one of the best managers in the world is so fluid it seemingly with his subs he he's more fluid actually with like who starts obviously as we saw today he's more fluid on the starting 11 which in itself is cool if i'm a if i'm a rec league soccer player and there isn't coaches so everyone's just calling out subs and hey i need one whatever if someone pulls me off i'm pissed Mm. i'm royally pissed (laughs) so that's just the flip side to your guys argument just in, just in case you wanted the devil's advocate point of view. That's why Americans don't play on these teams. Because if they had to be taken <laughs> off the field, they'd be indignant. They'd be keppas all around. Fun fact. Why do I say it like that? Hockey subs are the way to do it in rec league. Just whole line. Yeah, shifts. Whole line, shifts. Get shifts yeah. going. You partner up with someone and you just do 45, 60 second runs. You say, all right, when it's this, when the ball goes out, you're in. I'm sprinting off. You're on. It actually works great for all listeners who are in men's leagues or co-ed teams. Try it out. It's my go-to whenever Eli and I often usually play on the same team. And we'll, um, if ever we have a game, usually if, if it's with the Juventus team, if we have, if we have like proper 10 guys, you have five, five off, whatever, like that's the easiest stuff in the world is you just pick a person, you sub with them and you do, you make your shift so that you guys just come on and off easy peasy. You're not playing this random, game of okay who's next in the order okay who's whose turn is it cut no there's no math here so you one-on-one take a guy off easy peasy um and the way to do it is you dump the ball into the corner like if i'm a left winger i'm gonna dump it in the corner preferably off the boards as long as i'm not behind the blue line exactly right and then bring on my sub quickly and so i can like jump off you know they can jump on we're not caught on the the uh power play or shorthand i should say right right um, Did that sound right? I just went for it. I think it sounded good to me. There was no icing, um, and you're putting on the so it's the board. So in the left, it's in the so the boards. So are the, is the bench on the right then? If you're putting, if you're dumping in the left corner, yeah. I guess the assumptions. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. I see to that. I mean, we're both big hockey guys, though. Huge. So. Are the Wild still in it? 
Don't even mention the Wild right now. Dude. There was a game seven last night. Brutal. Oh, no. Brutal. I think 5-2 they lost to the Golden Knights. Yeah. John just genuinely didn't know. He I wasn't yeah. really. I know, yeah. I know, I know. Sorry about that. Usually I can see the <laughs> deliciousness in his eyes and the, the curling of his upper lip. Let's give props to Villarreal for winning their first ever major European trophy, which I had to double check and look up before I, I made that claim. But good for them. Like, that's huge. They were in seventh. They finished seventh in the Liga, so they wouldn't have made any competitions next year, per se, any major international competitions. And they just would go on and win the Europa League trophy. No big deal. They take down some giants in the round of 32, RB Salzburg, giants. Round of 16, Dynamo Kiev. I mean, talk about legendary clubs. David and Goliath. Round of uh, quarterfinal, Dynamo Zagreb. I mean, just mowing down the top Dynamos. clubs in the world. Dy- uh, Houston Dynamo <laughs> might as well have been knocked out. And then semifinals, finals. Okay, they, they beat Arsenal in the semifinals and they beat Man U in the right. finals. Sure, right. Classic, classic, low-hanging fruit. But- Fine. But props to them and Moreno, who scored in the final, scored their first goal before Man U equalized. He had 23 goals in La Liga this season and he had seven goals in Europa League. So hell of a season for him, their front man. 29-year-old, a lot of other veterans, not so many other young stars that I've heard of as going to other clubs, trying to be poached by other clubs, and just looking up and down at their team and their starters. Average age is like high 20s, high 20s. A couple of players in their early 30s who were the biggest contributors this year. So really just a team effort in grinding their way to, to PKs and just being consistent and nailing 11 PKs, which is impressive, but winning Europa League start to finish is, is not something to, to scoff at. So congrats to them. I mean, that said, if if you're taking PKs against a, a, a an inflatable tube man, then yeah, I would hope you get 11 out of 11. <laughs> um, it also is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is, it, it feels like a, a credit to, let me put it this way. It makes sense that a team, a small team like a Villarreal, it's kind of like Leicester winning, winning the EPL. Like the team crescendoed at the right time. A bunch of their star players are all right in their prime, right at the right time. Villarreal has a team that has a, a lot of their players all in their prime, slash, like, you know, veterans that are there, scrappy here to finish it off. They can do it. United team has kind of got this, you know, wide array of, you know, big ego, big talents kind of thing. It's obviously more money and all that stuff, but you've got, you know, a 19 year old, you've got a 20 year old, you've got, You've just got a young team. You got some old guy. I don't know. I need to stop talking about United. It's not about United. <laughs> okay, a silver a silver lining to the end of the season across Europe and all these tournament play is I feel for you, Jones, for sure. United on paper should have won against Villarreal, the better team. I think they played at least where I saw better uh, gameplay. But look, with the Super League drama that happened during the year, if the Super League contingent of teams end up losing. A little silver lining in my book, um, you know. You guys think you're the, you know, you, you you've you've gone and done this thing kind of against the will of the the fans of football, and you know, it's a little bit of payback. Maybe it's a little bit of uh, karma coming their way. So I think about Lie winning in Ligue Inter Milan winning in Syria. Um, you know, some of these other teams that that aren't don't consider themselves as like separate from from the rest of soccer. So a little silver lining. 
It's a good perspective. Good uh, overarching perspective to take now that we've wrapped up the club season for the most part in Europe with these major tournaments. Champions League final down, Europa League final down. And we're looking ahead to Euro 2020. Technically, it's happening in 2021, but everyone's still calling it Euro 2020, just in case you get confused. And also so that the articles written a year ago are still relevant. I think that's why people are trying to save the name for the most part. But we're excited. We got some content coming out soon for Euro 2020. So keep an eye out for that and root for your country. That's what that's what we'll say there. And we'll see you next time. I would just like to take this moment to say goodbye. See you next week. <laughs>